Hey there, Lacrosse Talk PM on WYZM. I'm Mitch Reynolds. 608-785-7914 is the Better Hearing Center talk and text line. That's how you can join us here on the air. 785-7914. We're also on uh, Facebook and Twitter, and you can send me an email, Mitch at 1410WYZM.com. But the Better Hearing Center talk and text line is 608-785-7914. This hour brought to you by Habitat for Humanity. Thanks to them, we're able to come to you this hour and... You can uh, join us here on the air if you would uh, like to. Uh, again, 608-785-7914, uh, Just a absolute, uh, well, let me just say that. It, so Tuesdays uh, Tuesdays and Fridays, I, uh, I get up really early. Not like radio show early. That's what Mike Hayes does. But like regular guy early. I get up early and I go and I play basketball at the... Uh, at the Onalaska YMCA, a little pickup game that we have going on there. Uh, if you're interested, by the way, it's kind of fun. You've got some skills. In fact, if you don't have skills, it's still fun because I don't, and I still have fun. And I don't mind. People make fun of me for not having basketball skills, and I don't mind. I'm just like, I'll just keep on playing as long as I can keep putting one foot in front of the other. So anyway, so I went to bed a little early last night, and uh, at uh, I think it was 8:34 left in the third quarter, and things weren't looking good for the Packers. Uh, and then I, I, I dreamed, what I dreamed is that the San Francisco 49ers actually defeated the mighty Packers of Green Bay. And then I woke up and I was pleasantly surprised to find yet another brilliant fourth quarter comeback by the master of fourth quarter comebacks, Aaron Rodgers. So, uh, that was fun. That was cool. So it's been, you know, and I, and I just, I just watched it this morning then. You know, I got, I got home. Sat down, watched it, was like thrilled all over again. I was like, hey, look at that. That was pretty fun. Love the comebacks. I love, and that's fun to watch. It's fun to watch. It's fun that um, we get to enjoy this. Now, uh, just know that this ends at some point. This long stretch of Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers, super fun, and you never know what's going to happen, and brilliant comebacks, and amazing art throwing the football. All this ends at some point, and then we'll be left with some mediocre nonsense like, I don't know, Eli Manning. Anyway, uh, 608-785-7914, the Better Hearing Center talk and text line. Speaking of masters of fourth quarter comebacks, we have none other than Onalaska Superintendent Fran Finko on the phone with us this afternoon. We're going to start the program with Fran. Hey, Fran, thanks for being on. appreciate it, sir. Hey, you bet. Glad to be here. Uh, how did you like being compared to the likes of Aaron Rodgers, master of fourth I, quarter comeback? I, I kept waiting for you to say that. Yeah. I, was, okay. I was anticipating that you would say, no, I'm kidding. I well, that just, was, I, I just I mean, uh, you, feel you had, bad that you fell asleep before you saw the end of both games. Well, no, 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 no. I went to sleep, friend. I didn't fall asleep. Fall asleep, in, it, it, it suggests that I was, I passed out on the couch. I actually yeah. intentionally walked upstairs knowing that I had to get up and play basketball this morning, I walked upstairs and went to bed willingly, knowing that I was going to miss the end of the game. You are a better man than me. Thank you for saying that. I, you and I both know that's not true, but thank <laughs> you for saying it anyway. Brian Finko, Superintendent of Alaska School District, I appreciate you being on. Um, we wanted to uh, give you an opportunity to, to have a, well, a slightly longer conversation about um, this uh, upcoming referendum on the ballot uh, on November 6th. And um, it is well. I'll have you explain it, but it is a, it's, um, it. It's essentially it. It's for you to exceed the revenue limit so that you can um, for operations. It's not a. It's not a building referendum. It's an operations referendum. Uh, it'll. It's basically a continuation of sorts. Uh, and uh, I'll let you do some of the details for us. But 
before I do that, <clears throat> no, actually, let's get to that first. So what it is, um, explain to me what, what you want from voters, what the school district is asking from voters, first of all. Sure. sure. So Onalaska is in the last year of a five-year referendum to exceed the revenue caps. And what that means is the community five years ago gave us permission to raise additional funds to operate. In addition, uh, the last time around we had, we, there were actually three questions on the ballot. One was to remodel Northern Hills and Irving Perch Elementary Schools. One was to give us money for technology upgrades for five years. And then the third one was for operating money so that we could continue to run the programs and services that we have. So we're at the fifth year of that right now, and the board had to make a decision either to come back this year, the amount that we exceed the revenue limit, if you take the technology dollars and the operating dollars, which basically are are both operating dollars, regardless of what you spend them on. This year it's $2.6 million over the revenue limit. And so the board had to decide if they were going to cut $2.6 million or if they were going to do some further investigating to determine whether or not they should go to referendum. So in that determination, they, they uh, directed us to first do a population lab study, and we brought in the University of, of uh, Wisconsin-Madison, and they looked at our population. They look at the kids who are, who are birth to five, and then they do some projections um, for, the, for the next coming birth through five who haven't been born yet, if you will, and what they found was there wasn't going to be a huge population increase. Matter of fact, probably 15 or so kids is what they predicted in the first five years. And then in the second five years, going out 10 years, they predicted that those 15 would dwindle back to where we are now. So we knew from that population study that there wasn't the need to have to add classrooms we weren't going to be, you know, uh, growing 50, 60 kids a year where that would be an issue down the road. So that was the first thing we did, Mitch. <clears throat> Excuse me. The second thing we did was we conducted a facility needs assessment. So we brought in an engine, some engineers, we brought in an architectural firm, and we had them go through all of our buildings, all of our facilities. And we said, what do we need to do right now, and what do we need to do in the short and long term? And it took, that took a while, and, and they came back and they said, right now your immediate needs are, are not to necessarily upgrade any buildings or, or make things, um, what, we need, what you need to do is make things safe. We have some things like um, uh, sidewalks that, that were, uh, needed to be replaced, and, and we had some roofs that were a roof that was leaking. We needed to take care of that as soon as we could, um, which which we did, and they said, but down the road you should think about there's some long-term things at the middle school and the high school that you should think about, but not right now down the road. So the third thing we did, so we took that information, third thing we did was we conducted a community survey, and we had almost 1,500 respondents, which was a good, which was a good, according to the company that we hired, it was a good return uh, on on the survey response, and we asked them uh, some questions, but first of all, we looked at the demographics of who responded to that survey. Eighty-three percent of the people who responded to our, our survey did not 
were not employees, so it wasn't stacked by employees. 45% of the people who responded had no children in school, so it wasn't stacked by parents, if you will. And then almost 40% of the people who responded were over the age of 56. So we looked at the the demographics, and then we looked at their survey results. And one of the things that we we asked in the in the ref, in the survey um, questionnaire was, would you support an operating referendum if the projected mill rates would not increase on the school tax? So would you support it if there wasn't going to be an increase in in the tax rate? Sixty-two percent of the people, and these are people who are fifty-six years old and older without kids in school, 62% of that group said they would support it. And overall, over 80% said they would support it, an operating referendum, if it didn't increase their school tax rate. Hmm. And then we asked some other questions in the survey about about enhancing security, and 82% said we'd give you money to enhance security. 60, Almost 70% said we would, down the road, give you money to... Um, to, depending on to remodel the Alaska Middle School, and then there were some high school issues that over 77 percent of the people, like in our tech ed program at the high school, is is very dated, and they 77 percent said they would give us up to three million dollars to renovate that area if we if we so we're going to do that. Okay. So we knew there was some support there. That was how we planned, and after that, the board, when the board saw that, they said. Let's go to referendum. Let's ask for an extension off this two point six million. All right, and so in this, and so along those lines, when you ask that question about would you support a, a referendum if it doesn't increase your tax levy, that's what this does, is what you're saying. No, the the, the we what we are proposing is it will not increase the tax levy this year. That's what 17. I just said. I said that, Fran. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yes. If that's what you said, yes. This in seventeen eighteen, our our uh, levy, our school tax levy was nine dollars and sixty five cents. Yeah. What we're projecting is in the first year of the payback of the referendum, if it passes, the the mill rate will go down to nine dollars and twelve cents. Okay. All right, Frank Finko, Superintendent of Onalaska School District. I'm going to ask you to hold on for just a minute. We're going to take a quick break. We'll come right back. I've got some questions for you. We'll we'll talk more about the upcoming Onalaska School District referendum right after this. The Crosstalk PM on WYZM. I'm Mitch Reynolds, 608-785-7914. Thanks for riding along here this afternoon and this evening. 608-785-7914 is a better hearing center talk and text line. Feel free to text in your messages right now. We're on the phone with... Onalaska Superintendent Fran Finko, and we're talking about the upcoming Onalaska School District referendum. Uh, Fran has just uh, gone through and, and described for us the process for identifying what sort of uh, operating referendum the school district would have, uh, which is something that continues essentially funding um, without raising taxes. I mean, I'm going to simplify it, Fran, but that's essentially what's going on. Uh, now, on your website, and I have to give you credit for this because not every school district does this. On your website, right in the whole information area, it says how much taxpayers would save on their taxes if it fails. And I have to right. give you credit because, I, I, frankly, I've never seen that before. <laughs> we, well, that's something that we got to poke and prod to get information because it'll be, you know, people will be kind of wishy-washy about that. So thanks for doing that, and I, I know that voters in on Alaska appreciate that transparency. Sure, we we one thing, just one thing to correct when when we talk about the the tax rate, 
not going up. We don't really talk about taxes yeah. not going the up tax in levy. the event that the, the valuation right, yep, changed. Yep, yep, but, yep. Wait, no, but, you know, Mitch, everybody wants to know both sides of everything. And there's no use to us being anything less than transparent. So we tell people, you know, the, the dollar thirty-five is what the, the, the mill rate amount uh, is what affects them with the current referendum, and that on a $200,000 house they'd save, you know, $270 or 135 on a $100,000 $100, piece of property. But because that's the first question when you do a community forum, that's typically the first question. We talk about what would happen if it doesn't uh, pass, and we talk in terms of programs and services and opportunities for kids. But the taxpayer wants to know what's it going to be, you know, how much money am I going to save if it doesn't pass? Yeah, number one question. So uh, I, in, in terms of uh, the programs, because this is something else that we get often, a question, when you said that they had to make a decision about cutting, whether to cut, uh, you know, the $2.6 million a year in program costs, the, the school board, was, there, was that ever a serious consideration? Well, you, you, there was it's definitely a consideration if you um, ask your community what they would support and what they wouldn't support. There's there's districts that go that that run surveys prior to making the decision on referendums, and the community says, you know, 35 percent of the people responding will support your referendum mm-hmm. if you go to it, and then they go anyway, and they wonder why it didn't pass. You know, so we take seriously what our community people want, uh, and and if the res- if the results would have been different than what we saw, it probably would have been a different conversation. What sort of things? Just not, uh, without going through the whole list of things that would have to be cut, uh, you know, if, if you had to trim two point six million dollars of uh, local funding for your uh, for your uh, school district, but what sort of things would have to be cut? Well, let's look let's look historically. In 2002, we went to referendum for the first time for operating additional money to operate, and that's we were we were about 10 years into the revenue cap at that time. Right. And when it failed, the board decided, you know, the people in the community spoke. We're not going to go back in 2003 or the other another part of 2002 and ask again. So in 2002, when the referendum failed, we had to cut 1.2 million dollars out of the budget the first year. And in years uh, three and four, we cut another few hundred thousand. I remember if it was 400,000 or 600,000. But what happens is in 2002, because we're, and now, Mitch, because we're 80% of our operating budget is people intensive, we have teachers, we have custodians, we have secretaries, we have paraprofessionals and food service people and administrators, where we are people intensive. So when you have to cut money out of a budget, most of the money that you cut is going to come in the form of people. So in 2002, when we cut our $1.2 million, it meant 27 staff positions, mostly teachers. People lost their jobs. We cut programs and services. We cut things like we had a K-12 Spanish program. We now have a, a 712 Spanish program. We cut elementary foreign language. We cut elementary health instruction uh, by a health teacher. We, we cut elementary orchestra and band. We cut programs at the high school um, where, where kids who were at getting at-risk programming, we cut 
personnel in that area. So it was a, it was like Black Friday. And if you if you walked around the building that day, it was like Black Friday. So if you think moving forward to 2018, and we have to cut 2.6 million and not 1.2 million, we're still looking at 80 percent of our budget. 80 percent of of the 2.6 million is programs is uh, people and and benefits. So that's where we'd have to look. And once you do that, you're talking about taking things away from kids. You're talking about larger class sizes. You're talking about fewer opportunities in the classroom and outside the classroom. Uh, Fran Finko, superintendent of Onalaska School District, got this uh, uh, message from a listener uh, asking whether you've utilized all the optional... Hmm, I'm not sure. Okay, I think it says, has Onalaska utilized all the optional features of Act 10 to reduce costs uh, to... Um, for savings, um, sure. is one that of the, you, one uh, of the big one of the big things that Act Ten did was they allowed they required, if you will, um, teachers to pay twelve point six percent of their health benefits. Okay, and and our teachers were already paying twenty percent mm-hmm. of their health benefits. So it wasn't a savings for us. It wasn't a way for us to save some money because our people were already kicking in more than what the law required um, the the laws that have been passed recently are you know they allow you to pick and choose where you want to hire staff how you want to hire staff it eliminated um, collective bargaining on anything other than than base wages but you still people still um, it through continuous improvement models that we have in place they still continue to need at the very least a cost of living raise so so some of the this, the benefits um, from Act 10 help some people in terms of having more money to spend to operate their district. It did for us um, when when Act 10 hit in 2011, Mitch. Uh, that was the year that the state government said we're going to not give you a per pupil increase that year. We're going to take away $500 per student instead. So when Act 10 hit in conjunction with the, with the uh, I think it was Act 32, it was the budget bill, we ended up having to cut $1.5 million out of our budget just to deal with the lack of money from the state that particular year. And uh, we've been trying to get that back ever since. Alaska Superintendent Fran Finko, um, I'm, you... You mentioned at the begin the um, you know the the first referendum, first operating referendum you went to in two thousand two is roughly ten years after revenue caps were put into place. It's been a generation, more than a generation, since that hap- has happened. Now a lot of people have forgotten what sort of change that meant. But one of the changes was the commitment by the state to provide two thirds revenue funding for uh, for schools. Uh, that doesn't mean every school district, by the way. That means just means all schools. Uh, you, I think, have heard that both Tony Evers. I don't want you to get into a political conversation here, but sure. both Tony Evers and Governor Walker have pledged uh, two thirds funding for schools again. What do you think that will mean for you in the future? And would that obviate the need to go to a referendum in the future? What are your thoughts? Yeah, great. That's a great question. Um, here's how schools are funded. Prior to oh man, are you going to go down that road, Fran? Just, are you going to talk about how schools are funded? Version. How's that? <laughs> prior to, prior to nineteen ninety three, when the revenue limits were imposed, school districts set their own mill rate. They said, "Here's how much money we need this year. Here's how we're going to. Here's how we're going to. Um, uh, here's what we're going to impose on the on the taxpayers." And then the state 
and the local taxpayers would split that in some you know fraction it might have been 50-50 it might have been a different uh ratio. But whatever the school district imposed, that's what the state and the local taxpayers paid. When the revenue caps were imposed and they promised us two-thirds funding, what that meant was local property taxpayer relief. So instead of the school, the people in the community paying 50% of the mill of, of what money we needed to operate and the state paying 50%. Now the state's going to pay 66 and the local taxpayer is going to pay 33. It does, it doesn't give the school district any more money, but what it does is it takes some property tax relief and puts that money back into the local taxpayer's pocket. Okay. All right. Well, Fred, I, I appreciate being on. If you, if people want more information about this, uh, about the upcoming uh, referendum that's on the ballot, uh, coming up on November sixth, uh, all the information um, and it's pretty comprehensive, as far as I can tell, is on your website at, um, you know, the on Alaska School website, <laughs> the normal. Just I always Google dot com. I always yeah yeah. Oh, what what do you have? What is it? It's on Alaska Schools dot com. Oh, well, that's simple enough. They always just. And, and check out the Facebook page too. The they've been keeping that very up to date, yeah. and and there's good information there. Yeah, you can ask questions there, right? Or, or am I am I mistaken about that? You can yeah. you can ask questions. Mm-hmm. You can email info at onalaskaschools dot com, and somebody will get back to you. Or you can call our district office at seven eight one ninety seven hundred seven eight one ninety seven hundred, and and you can talk to me or somebody else who who can help. On Alaska Superintendent uh, Fran Finko, appreciate you being on. Thanks so much. Thanks, Mitch. All right. And uh, Fran, um, we did not, I forgot to get into the football conversation with him. Dang. Dang. Besides calling him basically the GOAT, right? Yeah. I mean, I think I likened him to the master of all Not a GOAT. Not a GOAT. The GOAT. The GOAT. Yeah. You know. Should it be GOAT or should it be BOAT? We got to get, we have to, we have to have a further, much longer conversation about that, but we got to get to the newsroom. So let's do that. We'll do that. We'll come back. 608-785-7914, 608-785-7914, Lacrosse Talk PM and Wisdom. I'm Mitch Reynolds. More to come. Stick around. All right, Lacrosse Talk PM and WYZM. I'm Mitch Reynolds. 608-785-7914 is the Better Hearing Center talk and text line. Uh, we're also on Facebook and Twitter. You can send me an email, Mitch at 1410WYZM.com. This hour brought to you by Habitat for Humanity. Talked to uh, on Alaska Superintendent Fran Finko just a little while ago. He was describing the uh, school referendum that's on the ballot for the school district of Alaska. That's coming up just around the corner. And talked about... Uh, some of the uh, what uh, the um, oh, uh, candidates for governor have talked about in terms of funding for schools, uh, both uh, Tony Evers and Scott Walker have have promised a a, a full two thirds funding for schools from the state. So it's I mean it's all your money, right? It's not like some giant basket of money that's that they're pulling from that doesn't belong to you. It's all your money, so it's it's really just cost shifting. But essentially, the the state out of its budget would be footing two thirds of the education bill for K through twelve schools throughout the state, rather than um, you know whatever is the gap in that funding that comes from property taxes. Now, I mean, there are there are districts in the state of Wisconsin where where there's there's no state funding for for schools just because the property values are are so high. And I don't, I don't know where they are, but, but anyway, so it is, um, needless to say it, it has from his perspective, it doesn't impact what they do. The outcome of what, what their, their spending is, 
uh, every year, but it would it potentially would impact your property taxes. Now, on the other hand, does it also impact your income taxes? I don't know. I mean, you know, again, it's all your money. It's um, it really is. Who's who's uh, who's who's ox do you gore? Really is what it comes down to, right? So in the in the tax shifting plan by Tony Evers, uh, take money from the rich and give it to the poor. The Robin Hood plan. Uh, it, it's it it might be the rich and it also might be the small business owner down the street. So, meh. what do you do there? What you know is that does that make a lot of sense? And they all got some. They all got some kind of plan and promise, and they're going to f- do spend all kinds of money. And at the end of the day, there's just not there's not enough money there to, to spend all that. Though I don't know. I, I Governor Walker has his. This is all the last week stuff. You know, two thirds funding for schools. More, oh, not last week. Last few weeks. So promise to increase road funding in the counties, promise to increase road funding in the towns. That happened yesterday. Promise to increase funding for schools. That also, he made that promise yesterday. I just, okay, but that, it's still, that's, so you got one like pot of money. I'm not sure where that's coming from. I'd like all candidates to stop with the fuzzy math, I suppose, would be the best option. Um, yeah. It's it's funny, though, and, you know, and, and uh, Fran did not, we didn't talk politics, but he did, he did mention that, you know, this is, the idea of additional money going to schools is not necessarily accurate. All right, six zero eight seven eight five seven nine one four. So both candidates have said that it's it's just not necessarily. They're not just opening up a spigot of money and going to schools. And a lot of people would say that's fine because I, I think a fair amount of voters believe that schools have public schools have more than a mo- enough money from the state uh, now. In the latest Marquette University Law School poll, I think it was 50, was it 56%? Said that they would prefer to have higher property taxes rather than cut schools. So, and and I'm not sure if that's accurate. Sure. We don't know if that's accurate, but I think that there certainly are people who who do believe that. Uh, Interesting. And I got to, I haven't, I got to find the audio for this so we can play this for you. But, and and if I, if if I don't, (laughs) I just, I just, um, this Caught my eye, and uh, I, I read some of the account of this. Uh, Lacrosse Senator Jennifer Schilling was at a uh, luncheon uh, today. Um, yesterday? Today. No, that's today, right? Today's Tuesday. Yeah, okay. So she had a luncheon today, uh, po- sponsored by WisPolitics.com, and was criticizing a lawmaker, Dale Koyanga, who we've talked to a few times, who's kind of a... Uh, uh, he's a money policy wonk kind of guy. He's a Republican. He's the real tall one. He's super tall. So if you ever see a Wisconsin politician and they're all lined up and the big, tall-looking dude, that's Dale Koyanga. He's all about the dollars. He's a he's a CPA, so he's all about the dollars. So he's running for a Senate seat, an open Senate seat that uh, Leah Vukmir is, is vacating to run for U.S. Senate. So anyway, Republican Dale, Dale Koyanga. She, in, in this forum... That also involved the Senate Majority Leader, uh, Scott Fitzgerald. In this forum, she talked about how Koyenga had apparently gotten drunk at at um, having some beers, got drunk, and then um, then spoke on the floor of of the legislature and um, said, "And this is the same guy who stole that sign. Remember, he stole it. He was he stole a sign from the Capitol that um, uh, that a protester had put up." And and I think then he lied about it, and then he had to pay a fine. I think he was wound up paying thirty thousand dollars in a legal settlement. So Jennifer Schilling, in in full campaign mode, went after him 
today. He said it was a fact that Koyunga was drunk while he was on the floor of the legislature during a debate and said that none of our candidates paid a $30,000 fine for looking at a sign and taking it from the Capitol. None of our candidates have appeared on the floor after they've had too much to drink, which I, I don't even know. Like, there's no... There, Dale Koyunga was not... There was no blood test. And I, this that's a little weird <laughs> to... I mean, ha, I, I guess... All right, so, okay. So let me just say that. And I don't know where this puritanical thing from Jennifer Schilling is coming from, first of all. I mean, she is from La Crosse, after all. But if if a lawmaker has, you know, if he does have a couple of beers and he winds up at the, you know, at the Capitol during a debate, because the Capitol was cleared out during like a, a, a bomb threat or something. So everybody's having beers down in one of the taverns on State Street in Madison. So they get back and... And she's referencing this clip that that you could still find on YouTube and talking about how he's drunk. And I'm just thinking back to, I mean, the people who have the Democratic lawmakers in Wisconsin who've had drunk driving arrests and tickets is just, I mean, they've really got, they got Republican lawmakers far outnumbered. There has, there's been only one, to my knowledge, there's only been one attorney general in the state of Wisconsin that's ever been arrested for drunk driving. Baby, it wasn't a Republican. So I, I guess I would be, I'd be cautious about throwing bricks from glass houses, frankly. But man, I mean, anyway, I was just amused by that. We'll find the audio. We'll try to locate that. But holy cow. I just, uh, there's no, there's no risk of her actually getting on the air here and talking about this since she re- refuses to talk with me. And I don't know if it's, she's afraid of being asked questions about, about issues like this, maybe. But there's some fear there. She's afraid of being on the air, I guess. But anyway, she won't answer these questions, but we'll we'll find we'll try to track down this audio so you can hear what she has to say about this. Just bizarre. Just bizarre behavior. But I guess that's what's happening. When you when you're the semi minority leader, you gotta go to the extremes to get your point across, I guess. Anyway, six zero eight seven eight five seven nine four. She's not up for election, by the way. So <clears throat> that's Lacrosse's state senator right there. All right, six zero eight seven eight five seven nine. I'm not advocating, by the way, for lawmakers to show up drunk for work. But I, I I don't know if dude having beers during a bomb threat at the Capitol and then showing up and having comments on the... Man, don't take yourself so seriously, right? Y'all do some crazy things. Dude didn't take off for uh, Illinois and hide out while a vote was going on in the state Capitol. That was y'all who did that. All right, 608-785-7914. Let me get to take some calls. And I, you know, I didn't want to drift too much into politics, but this one really caught my eye today. I'm like, wow, holy cow, Jen, for shilling. Man, going full on, head into snarky politics. Should I take some calls? Are these good or not? Are we, do we have do we have good callers or not call callers? I mean, if they're not good, I don't want them. Um, I think I think Brian might be all right. I don't Brian's know. Brian's okay. We'll see. Should I start there? Then? Brian's first, right? Yeah. Let's go to Brian then. Brian, thanks for waiting. Go ahead, you're on. Hi, you guys are talking about Scott Walker. Scott Walker's all of a sudden going to fix the roads and don't put money in the schools. It is. It is. It is. Suddenly, yes, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> suddenly, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, be- before he was, he was uh, building up such a surplus, you know, with with money that he was going to give back to parents, and and uh, I remember when he he took the money away from the schools, my kids lost teachers, oh, you know, yeah, I mean, and, yeah, and lost yeah. music teachers, lost all kinds of stuff. Yeah, yeah and but... how the the school had to suffer for that. Mm-hmm. And then he comes. He comes to my workplace here in Lacrosse. He comes to PayCal and tells them how he's going to 
make more jobs for them when they're building the Viking Stadium, and they went out of business a couple weeks later. Yeah. You know, he, he makes a whole lot of promises, but then he's shifting the money around for fixing the roads, and he's not getting anything done. You know, he, he showed up. He was he was willing to show up at my workplace and talk about how he's going to build these all this stuff, make all these jobs. Then he runs for president, and nobody sees him. He's gone. Yeah. Isn't this though? And I and I understand the I understand your frustrations. And I've heard we heard from a lot of people who had the same experience with uh, teachers being cut at their schools and all that kind of stuff. But it, you know the the promises that's typical political promises are something that we're used to during campaigns, right? Isn't that just normal? Oh yeah, no. oh yeah. But that, that's what, that's what I mean. He, he's not going he's not going to do any of this stuff. It's going to turn around a year from now, and he's going to be well. We don't have the money right now. He he had he had a build up a surplus there for a while when when I got laid off a couple of times because some of my work seasonal. He had no problem taking my first unemployment check from me. That that didn't matter. That, that was where did that money go? Wait wait, what do you mean by that? He took your first unemployment check from you. The first unemployment check that came came out, they take that. Oh, and and you don't get that. Oh, they pocket that. What? All right. There, there was thirty guys thirty guys where I worked that. Didn't get their first the first week of unemployment. They didn't get that. Huh, I don't that know. got pocketed. All right. Well, it, that that happened twice. Huh. I'd have to. I got to learn more about that. I don't know too much about that. But I and I and I understand how that could be frustrating. Look, I appreciate the call. Thanks so much. Six zero eight seven eight five seven nine one four seven eight five seventy nine fourteen. It's like your cell phone plan. It's just a cost overcharge, right? Like it's, they just put it in there and skim off the top. That ah, first one always comes back for uh, you know. Somebody can explain that. I I really don't know what the, that's got to be some sort of uh, process that happens at the Department of Workforce Development. I don't really. Know. I mean, they're probably mailing the check, so it's probably like stamp fees. It's, yeah, fee. It's fees for the postage. Uh, let's move on to Dan. Dan's next. Dan, thanks for waiting. Go ahead, you're on. Hey, good afternoon, Mitch. Uh, when you talked about, you just, I was calling about a different topic, but sure. you commented about going to Illinois, and that reminded me of the joke, that, that bumper sticker that was, uh, what would you rather have, uh, 16 runners or one walker? <laughs> <laughs> Back when they, when they but, yeah. but anyways, on another topic, yeah. <laughs> the, uh, the, Mr. Finkel made a comment, one of the programs that was cut, that he specifically mentioned was, a Spanish K through twelve program. Yeah. Now I've been out of school for I don't know four decades. Spanish started in seventh grade. It's pro- you know what is the kindergartner? Why has he got to learn Spanish? Um, I, I would think that'd be a reasonable thing to uh, cut back on if there's not enough money to go around. Well, I would argue. Let, then, let me just uh, let me just answer that right. real quick because I and I'm I'm not an educator, but I can tell you that it, it is. There is significant research behind this, and, and you can actually detail results where those early programs, early language programs, actually wind up, you wind up with more uh, uh, people who, once they go through that, have some level of fluency as, a, as opposed to those who start in, in a middle grade, like a middle school grade. It, it, it just it sticks with you longer. So that would be my response to that. And again, I you know, you can make an argument for whether it's worth it or not, it, but it just you know, it is uh, yeah, I can understand that Spanish okay. is, is a good thing to know for, for numerous jobs. But is there anyone down there at the radio station that it was a requirement for their job to, to get a, a 
speak Spanish on their station. I, I, I'm just you know, throwing that out. No, there. I, but the I, other thing that the, the no. primary reason the primary reason I called is it's 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 always nice to hear the mayor on your program, and it's nice to hear the assistant chief of police on your program. Sure. But we never, never hear from the person that represents the hardworking families of Western Wisconsin. Yeah, and you know who I'm talking about. Yeah, no, and, and if she is so honorable and has all these good ideas, what prevents her from answering a few questions? Because when you look up career politician in the uh, in the encyclopedia you're going to see a picture of Jen Jen. Because she's been at this now for, what, over three decades. Long time. Career politics. Yeah, she's been at You better believe yeah, it. She's been, in, she's been uh, working in politics since uh, Mark Meyer was the state senator. So absolutely. I think Look, about 1990, 1992. Yeah, I mean, that sounds about like right. That. It might have even been before that. Look, I mean, I appreciate the call. Thanks so much. I, and it really, that's my fault because uh, her, her not coming, Jennifer Schilling not coming on this program is my fault. It is. It's not her fault. It's my fault. Because the questions that I ask are uncomfortable, so um, she wants easier questions. So that's and I'll so I'll apologize to all all of you for uh, not not having not being able to uh, to have Jennifer Schilling as part of this program. You're all crying right now. I can tell. Let's go to Mary. Mary, thanks for waiting. Go ahead, you're on. Right. I hope I don't offend anybody with my call. Okay. But I would encourage everybody this year to vote Republican for Senate and for Congress. Jennifer Schilling, it's her fault that she doesn't come on your show. If she's working for the public and she doesn't have the professionalism to come and speak about what she's supposed to know so the public can hear her, and you might ask something uncomfortable, but if it's something that pertains to things that she's connected to, why not? Why not? I'm just tired of somebody that's got a job for 30 years, and then all of a sudden they're only seen when they want to be seen. And I I think it's time we shake things up. And Governor Walker, um, he's done some things that I don't care for, but I really felt like after we had Governor Doyle that he certainly straightened out the state of Wisconsin. And um, the fellow that's complaining about his unemployment check and all these kind of things, it's just like this doesn't have anything to do with the governor, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's all I have to say. All right, well, I appreciate the call. Thanks so much. Uh, 608-785-7914, Lacrosse Talk PM and Wisdom. I'm Mitch Reynolds. I'm Mitch Reynolds, Lacrosse Talk PM on WIZM. More of your calls and comments coming up. Another hour to come. Stick around. Hey, Lacrosse Talk PM on WIZM. I'm Mitch Reynolds, 608-785-7914. is the Better Hearing Center talk and text line. That's how you get in touch with us here on the program. Use that. Just call in or text in. Either way, you get in on the program. Uh, it's uh, really simple. 608-785-7914. The Better Hearing Center talk and text line. number of people weighing in on some of the issues we were talking about last hour, the Analaska School District referendum. We talked with Superintendent Fran Finko about that. Uh, all that information is on the uh, school district website, onalasticschools.com. I think it's what he said, onalasticschools.com. That sounds right. Um, I just, I always Google on Alaska School District, and it always takes me where I'm supposed to go. So use the power of Google. You know, I'm one of the, I'm like, the, I'm one of the lemmings. I just follow along, do what everybody else is doing, Google it. Anyway, so that, and uh, also, um, 
in re, in relation to uh, the funding plans for like roads and schools that have been offered up by not only Governor Walker but also uh, Tony Evers running for governor in Wisconsin as well. Uh, both of them talking about um, different ways to fund stuff. The governor just like laying it out there. He's gonna man. He's gonna fund roads. He's gonna fund schools. All kinds of money coming from all kinds of places, I guess. And then some of the tax shifting plans that accompanies these. The, so anyway, some reactions to that. Uh, we'll get to those. Your calls to 608-785-7914. I was mentioning earlier that uh, last night I, um, I, I went to bed in the middle of the third quarter of the Packers game. So I was, uh, what was, it would just, it was the, the uh, 49ers had just kicked the field goal. And I think the, Packers had just, I want to say that Rodgers had just been sacked again. I think it was that drive. At any rate, so I was I was, I was, was going to wait until after that drive before I went to bed because I got to get up early and go play basketball. So I was going to wait until that drive ended, and then it ended in the most disappointing fashion. So I was thinking, well, not only is this game over, the season is over, everything is over. In fact, they dreamed about how the 49ers had, had basically won. And then I woke up this morning pleasantly surprised. At any rate, my point in saying all that is <laughs> it ain't over till it's over. Something along those lines. Uh, but I tell you, those uh, those uh, trips to uh, those trips to Lambeau can be super fun and surprising. So the long way around this or long way to this. But if you go to RadioStuffStore.com, we still have tickets available to go uh, to, go to uh, Lambeau Field. Now, we don't have any that are available to leave from lacrosse, but there are tickets. If you know, if you got friends in Eau Claire or something along those lines, uh, we do have uh, buses that leave from Eau Claire to Lambeau Field, and a couple of uh, tickets available or tickets available for a couple of games yet for those. So go check it out at radiostuffstore.com. And while you're there, there's information still on the Dave Ramsey bus trip up to. Um, up to the Twin Cities to uh, hear about, uh, well, to go to the Smart Money Seminar. It's live in Lionel Lakes, Minnesota on October 29th. Tickets are just 70 bucks. That's the bus trip there and back and the talk and all that kind of stuff. And the, the cost of that offset by Bruce Molek of Firefighters Credit Union. And it, all of that information available at RadioStuffStore.com. All right. 608-785-7914. Down mid-30s tonight and then uh, sunny and mid-40s for a high tomorrow. Lacrosse Talk PM and Wisdom. I'm Mitch Reynolds. More to come. Stick around. Lacrosse Talk PM and Wisdom. I'm Mitch Reynolds. More of your calls and comments coming up after this word about Bion Service Center on Jackson Street in Lacrosse. I really appreciate Bion Service Center. Let me tell you why. This last time, I have really remembered how much I appreciate Bion Service Center. So I have this motorcycle I had to get new tires for. And I took the tire and the back wheel, actually both wheels, but uh, the back wheel uh, is the is the problem one. I took that to a place to get it mounted a motorcycle place to get it mounted. And I got it back and it like, it looks great. It's great. I get it on. Everything's, it's, it's, everything's perfect. I went for a ride and everything. And then I came home uh, and I put the bike away and I went to get it the next day to ride it to work and tires flat. Hey, what's going on here? And after some quick discovery and the whole process, I identify that the valve is leaking. The valve is leaking. The brand new valve and the brand new tire that I just got mounted is leaking. And I'm trying to think like, what on earth? It's a tire. You mount a million of these. Get 
the leaking valve right. It just reminded me how grateful I am that I have buy-in service center to go for not only to get tires mounted, but also for any problem with my electrical system in my cars or the cooling system or the heating system or steering or suspension or brakes, all that stuff. I've had done at Bion Service Center on Jackson Street in La Crosse. And not once have I come home and said, hey, what's wrong with... It's always been one of those one of those experiences where I'm thinking, man, I am so glad that I went to buy on Service Center on Jackson Street in La Crosse. And you will too. Hey, that's why they're my mechanic for life. It's why I tell people all the time, the only place in La Crosse I'll take my cars for repairs, service, and maintenance. It's buy on Service Center. Just go there and, and tell them Mitch Reynolds sent you. La Crosse Talk PM and WYZ. I'm Mitch Reynolds, 608-785-7914, 785-7914. Also on uh, like Facebook and Twitter, and you can send me an email, Mitch at 1410WYZM.com. Let's see, when was that debate? I think yesterday then. We had this debate yesterday, another Senate debate. I, I got some politics on my mind. I hope everybody just, hope everybody's okay. I'm just gonna talk. I got to get the stuff off my off my chest. We don't we don't do a lot of. I got to talk a lot of politics. But this is um, interesting because, uh, as you know, or as you may know, there are at this point there are 16 counties and two cities in the state of Wisconsin that will have a referendum on the legalization of marijuana this fall. La Crosse County is one of them. So roughly half the population of the state of Wisconsin, because it's counties like Milwaukee and Dane and La Crosse and, and Brown County and uh, Kenosha County, or I don't know, I don't know all of them, but it's uh, it's roughly half the population of the state of Wisconsin will be voting on some sort of referendum on the legalization of marijuana, and they're all different. Uh, some of them are similar, but they're all they're all somewhat you know different. They're and they're uh, they derived by the local politicians, and they're put on the ballot ostensibly to just gain some insight on how you're thinking about the legalization of marijuana. And we've talked about this in the past, about uh, these ballot measures coming up, advisory in nature. None of them will translate directly into new ordinances or statutes immediately, statutes rather, immediately. None of that's going to happen. But they are all... um, they are all ballot measures that could be potentially influential in the sense that if they pass overwhelmingly and it's a full half of the population of the state of Wisconsin, that very well may sway lawmakers in Madison. And for a guy like uh, Tony Evers, if he becomes governor, he's solidly on the fence uh, when it comes to marijuana, real milk toast kind of non-committal. We're going to have a state referendum. That was him, right? Rick, I'm not making that up. Didn't he say he wanted to have like a state referendum on the marijuana thing or something like that? I don't get to hear that. I didn't hear that. I don't know. Where did he say that? Is that an ad? I don't remember. No, I think it was during an interview or something when we were, when, when all the candidates, back when there was like 37 Democratic candidates for governor, I think that they were all, like he was the one that said that it should be, there should be like a state referendum. Do we really even need to listen to anything any of these guys say? No, not at all. No, anyway, so <laughs> my point is is that while while some people were all in saying, hell yeah, definitely marijuana should be legalized, Tony Evers was the one guy that was holding back because uh, he didn't want to make anybody mad. Um, so the point is, is that should these pass overwhelmingly, this could be, if a guy like Tony Evers becomes governor, it could put him over the top where he is a full-blown advocate. 
And obviously what happens in the rest of the legislature will determine whether it gets legalized in the state of Wisconsin. So the other point of having these referendums, I believe, and everybody will deny this, but the other point is that they're really good at attracting young people to the polls. Yeah, it it turns out advisory referendums on the legalization of marijuana, also known as the drug of choice for the youngest voting block, (laughs) Um, turns out those tend to be pretty popular. Who knew? So there's no, there's it's no surprise that these this issue is going to crop up during debates. So as it was during the Senate debate, the Wisconsin Broadcasters Association Senate debate, I think it was on Sunday. It wasn't yesterday. It was on Sunday between Leah Vukmir and Tammy Baldwin. Where Tammy Baldwin sounds like, you know, she's pretty much all in. We need to know if this is an effective alternative to other drugs for glaucoma or for wasting syndrome, or for um, uh, any number of other conditions. Yeah, and she's talking about the you know medical treatment, marijuana, you know, the safe stuff, right? Um, she had other comments that were less, more about less about the medical stuff, but they you know they have like ninety seconds to answer the question. Leah Vukmir, however, not really so much. Marijuana is highly addictive, even more addictive than Vicodin. And meth and other drugs. According to who? It's worse than meth? <laughs> I can't believe she said that out loud. Every meth addict ever is just scratching themselves right now out of uh, out of frustration and anxiety with what she just Mar- said. Marijuana is legal in Washington, D.C. <laughs> So they're all on meth, basically? So meth, meth is one of those things where you take it once and you got to have it again. Like, that's that's the addictive power of meth. It's me- <laughs> Oh, my. Wow. When the, when, yep. So that, was that during a debate? Yeah, they, this was... So the- when they debate, they should have, like, an overseer, not a not a referee, but an overseer. An overseer? That just knows everything. Like, or a panel I know of ten everything. Of that knows everything and then just goes, stop! Wait! Hold on! Hold up, or sound an alarm, like... Hold on! Hold on! Don't repeat that. Oh, my gosh. I mean, you know what? I respect Leah Vukmir as a medical professional. She's been a long-time nurse, and, uh, and she makes everyone... Make sure everyone knows that, too, by the way. Look, Family Feud has a big red X's yes. when you get... <laughs> like, maybe that... <laughs> Just right during the debate. But she's not anywhere close on that. And then your time goes down. You go from 90 to 85 yeah, 12 seconds. Sec- 12 seconds. And then at the end of the day, she's got one second answer. Anyway. So that was, I just found that, that was, you, just, that was pretty amazing. You notice on Ever's page, right? Like his marijuana legalization. Uh, oh, what's he letters. got now? Oh, it's, Tony believes it's time for Wisconsin to join oh, okay. nearly 30 states in the District of Columbia to legalize marijuana. As a cancer survivor himself, Tony is all too familiar with the side effects of a major illness that can make everyday tasks life making, uh, like making your bed or even showering, a challenge. So. Oh, okay, all right. I mean, what he, what I remember was him. He was the one that was super hesitant about committing to marijuana ne- as him. Well, but. the next sentence. This is an evolving issue. Okay. So. <laughs> For many Wisconsinites, medical marijuana will yeah. alleviate chronic pain, which is why organizations like the American Legion yeah, and, support legalization. And that's what and that's what he had talked about before: is that the medical marijuana would be okay. Not so sure about the recreational marijuana. He'd want to get some feedback from the rest. Way of the at the, the bottom. Yeah. In regard to full legalization, dash 
Tony believes this is a decision that should reside with Wisconsin residents and would support a statewide referendum. Right. That's not. What about meth, though? Is that yeah, legal? Know, right? When are we going to legalize if, if meth? If marijuana is more addictive, maybe we should just legalize meth. If we legalize I meth, hear, though, it, we need full dental coverage for everyone. Makes you feel, yeah, it makes you feel really good, I understand. 608-785-7924. Who do I have here, Rick? Did I tell you? I, I don't remember. Know. I just I, don't, I, I don't It's Trimble of Tom on marijuana. Oh, okay. Let me get let me get Tom in here, and I appreciate, I appreciate you holding on. I'm sorry to make you wait. Go ahead, Tom. Well, uh, if you look behind the scenes, you will see that the main reason this marijuana referendum is on the ballot is because the Democrats know it will bring a lot of dope-smoking Democrats out to vote, and that's their goal. They, they know this isn't going to make it legal, at least now, but their goal is to get people to the polls, and it will work. Oh, I think there's no question it'll get people to the polls. I don't know, does this, I, I think the dope-smoking Republicans will also go to the polls, though. They will, but yep. for the most part, uh, 90% of the supporters will be Democrats. <laughs> Tom, that is... Come on, man. No, I'm, really? I'm serious. You believe uh, that? You get, you get into inner city Milwaukee and uh, in Dane County, and all, even even the mentality of La Crosse um, yep. Council there, they, they know this is going to bring people and students, and this, this is going to be a great way to get people to the polls. And for the most part, they're going to lean to the, to the left. So all right, it's all done. Right. No, I, you know, I, I don't question, Tom, I don't question the basic premise there, and I appreciate the call, that absolutely this generates interest and get, gets uh, younger people to the poll. I don't think we needed to go inner, inner city Milwaukee on that. I know, what you're, I know what you're saying. Everybody knows what you're saying, Tom. But I'm not sure that that's, uh, that's legit. Rick, you're champ- I know you're chopping at the bit. I got, we got to get to the news. We got to get to the news. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's get to the news, and then I'll let you get a full head of steam, and then we're going to hit it hard. Lacrosse Talk PM and Wisdom. I'm Mitch Reynolds. More to come. Stick around. Lacrosse Talk PM and WYZM. I'm Mitch Reynolds. Your call's coming up after this word about Mr. Electric. Well, if you're anything like me, you've got a home, well, that may have something a little that's not quite right in the wiring. It could be something in the box in the basement, or maybe there's that light that flickers in the bedroom or the bathroom, or you know that faint burning smell that you get in the kitchen fan? Yeah, that. Well, I had all those problems and more. That's why I called Mr. Electric. Glad I did, too. Not only did I get a really good look at the types of things that I need to do in my house, uh, along with the stuff that I wanted to do, but I found out about all these other things through that uh, free safety inspection that they give you. So they itemize everything. They give you an idea of what everything costs. And a lot of times they can do the work on the same day. It's incredible as an experience dealing with Mr. Electric, as I found out. Uh, and there's all sorts of stuff that, that when you start thinking about what you have to do in your house, that you can, like extra outlets, right? Extra outlets or switches or investing in new ceiling fans or changing ceiling fans. Ceiling fans can be extremely effective for moving air in your home in the winter and in the summer. And if you've ever tried to hang a ceiling fan, first of all, a ceiling fan, first of all, don't do it because uh, you shouldn't do any wiring yourself, but it's kind of a pain. Call Mr. Electric. Do what I did. Call Mr. Electric and have them do that stuff for you. Expert electrical service. That's Mr. Electric. Lacrosse Talk PM, WIZM. I'm Mitch Reynolds, 608-785-7914. Rick, by now, has forgotten about what he was wanting to uh, discuss in relation to legalization of marijuana. But if he remembers, we'll get back to him. In the meantime, your calls and comments, 608-785-7914. Also on Facebook and Twitter, and you can send me an email, Mitch at 1410WIZM.com. 
<laughs> oh boy. I was <laughs> we'll get back to all right. Let me get to the phones. What do we got here? Uh, we have uh, let's go to Tom. Let's go to Tom. Tom, thanks for waiting. Go ahead, you're on. Hey Mitch. Hey. Um I heard that sound bite you pay, played by Lua uh, that Bookmere. Leah Leah Vukmir. Leah Vukmir. Yeah. yeah. Although Lua yeah, sounds well, pretty cool. Her her name uh, she her background is a nurse. Yeah. She's an RN. Yeah. Uh, first first of all, I cannot believe she said that. <laughs> uh second of all, she lost my vote. Oh. Third of all, um I've been in the medical field for 30 years and I have privately been pushing legalization for marijuana for people who are uh dying of cancer or uh, have some terminal disease, it's the best thing. It, it potentiates their pain pills it, uh, or whatever medication they're on, mm-hmm. and it helps them with an appetite mm-hmm. um, so they don't, you know, just shrivel up and be, you know, 70 pounds yeah. at the end of life. Right. It's just unbelievable something like that came from her mouth. I I thought for a brief second I was in California and listening to uh, Diane Feinstein and uh, that other gal out there who doesn't know what's going on. But I was just surprised that she said that. I, I just, I can't believe it. She lost my vote. Really? Just on that? Just just on just on that little little tidbit? Saying yeah, that... she, she don't know what she's talking about. Um, she don't know the benefits of marijuana for people that are... Uh, have terminal illnesses mm-hmm. she she has no idea she don't know what's going on mm-hmm. so if she don't know anything in regards to the medical field how can she do anything with politics and i i i understand you know especially if you've spent any time look and i appreciate the call thanks so much if you've been advocating for uh for medical use of marijuana i could see how you would be frustrated with uh that assertion for those of you who did not catch it uh, and let, let me play it really quickly one more time Oops, I think I did that. Uh, let me play this one more time, real quickly. It, and it, this is from this was during a debate on Sunday between Leah Vukmir and Tammy Baldwin, the Wisconsin Broadcasters Association debate. And the question came up about legalization of marijuana. Tammy Baldwin opened to it. She seemed to be focused more on the medical benefits of uh, you know more medical marijuana stuff instead of like yeah everybody should smoke up and not face any fines. But in response to the question about legalization of marijuana, Leah Vukmir had this to say. Marijuana is highly addictive, even more addictive than Vicodin and meth and other drugs. And I just, I don't even, that's not even close. Not even close. So I don't, but I I don't, and I appreciate, you know, people can make their political decisions however they want to make their voting decisions however they want. I would suggest that you do it on more than one issue. So if she's, if she's, out to lunch on medical marijuana, that doesn't mean she's not a, you know, a great candidate in some other kind of way and maybe consider her in light of other things. And maybe she's just mistaken or misguided or, you know, maybe she just got it wrong. Uh, so I wouldn't recommend, I re- never would recommend doing that. Yes, right. Maybe she was high. Uh, no, I don't think You don't so. think so? When she said that? Mm, let's see. Let me think. Mm, now, if, no. Now, if I'm she go loses down. by one vote. <laughs> yeah, I know, Tom. That's your fault. Because <laughs> I broke that. I mean, it's kind of her fault, but it's your fault, really. I just, when, I, when I heard that, I just couldn't... Nobody, nobody believes that. Nobody thinks, nobody thinks that. Nobody thinks that marijuana is more addictive than meth. You probably cut that out to, you probably cut that out to make it sound like that, and she actually said <laughs> yes. a whole bunch of stuff, and you <laughs> clipped it up. 
completely out of context. News? Completely out of context. I mean, the question was, Leah, say something that's completely ridiculous yeah, know, and untrue. Right. Say the most absurd thing that you could possibly say about legalization of marijuana. Well, let me tell you. Highly addictive. No, I didn't. And again, possibly that it's you know something she's just mistaken on. And you know, I would not recommend ever uh, making a determination on voting on someone based on one issue, especially that issue, uh, because it's it's just not it's not as big as as the other issues. But it was one of those where it just jumped off the page. And it's important, I think, in relation to the fact that half the state is voting on on some level of legalization of marijuana at least in an advisory sense, coming up on November 6th in the state of Wisconsin. That's what's happening. All right, let's go to, let's go to number three. Thanks for waiting. Go ahead, Daryl. No, this is Dave. I'm sorry. Dave, Hi. thanks for waiting. Go ahead, Daryl. Yeah. So the first time you brought this up was probably two, three months ago, and I had said that I said if it went to the referendum, I, my guess was it would be a 70-30 vote in favor of it. Yeah. You thought less than that. Do you still feel that way? Yeah, I think it's going to be state. Are you talking about statewide or in La Crosse County? Just La Crosse County in mm. general. I, I'm I'm thinking in La Crosse County, you might be closer. I think statewide, I'm gonna. St- I, I think I'll stick with like the. I'll go with like sixty, less than sixty five percent. Yes, statewide for the sure. sixteen for the sixteen counties that are voting for it. I'm going to say less than sixty five percent. It'll be interesting to see what happens. <laughs> absolutely agreed yeah uh, no doubt and and how much this actually uh uh draws people to the polls which it certainly will certainly I, yeah I which isn't necessarily a bad thing it's nice to no. have people voting yeah for yeah so, that, that absolutely no question okay. about it dave i mean it's that is there's nothing wrong with having people go to the polls you know so yes rick tom just said if we get people to the polls that's a bad thing we don't want yeah, these he, young people. Tom at, doesn't want certain people coming to the polls. Dave, appreciate the call. Oh. Thanks so much. Yeah, Tom is Tom prefers just people that he wants to go to the polls go to the polls. Other people should not go to the polls. Certain by certain demographics. <laughs> We're gonna leave it there. Let's go to number three. Thanks for waiting. Go ahead, you're on. I'm seventy five years old. I don't know nothing about drugs. All right. Could be but time to I learn. I can see it from the health standpoint. Okay. You know to help pain, but you know I watch the cop shows out. When I don't have, when I'm a retired now, I watch the police in action and all this. And it seems like if they pull a guy over for not using his directional light, or he's got a license plate that isn't working, or any little thing, the first thing they find is marijuana. Okay. Then they find some other kinds of wacky tobacco or a pipe of some sort, and then they run a check on him, and he's probably been picked up for drunken driving three, four times. They find a gun, and that ain't registered. The serial number is filed off, and they find about uh, about 14 other things on his record. So what do you, does this lead to something else, Mitch? I don't know. I'm not exactly sure what, I'm, I don't know uh, what I should get from all of that, from what you just said. So you're saying that criminals... Well, yeah, I mean, they find all kinds of different things where they're wanted in courts, jump and bail and all this. Sure. And it's a simple stop. Right. For a license plate, and then they find the marijuana and a bunch of other stuff. Okay. Guys running around with guns and knives and everything else. Okay. Um, I don't think we want to start something out that way. Hmm. Well, if it's, but if it's legal, then does that, does that change all of that? 
Well, I guess it would if the people vote for it, if they want it, then it right. would be legal, right? Right, but that means that when you stop someone, if they have some in their car, then that doesn't then even... They don't, they, that's, that that's also, okay, they got it. That also means that it doesn't like really... having a beer in your car if it ain't opened up, if the can ain't opened up. Exactly. I, you know, yeah, it's exactly right. the same thing. But I'm just saying it looks like all these cop shows that I watch, a couple hours a day, it, that marijuana stop, and then every, and all these other things come out of it. Mm, okay. But see, uh, I'm 75 years old. I, it really don't make any difference to me if they legalize it or not. I could care sure. less. I, I, would, I would submit that the police shows aren't, aren't necessarily, you know, the, the best research you could do on a topic like this. I don't know how you'd find anything any better. Than a cop stop the, than, a, a car. than a cop 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 show sure yeah I mean their regular live PD it's got the cameras right on yep. the cops yep. all the time <clears throat> that kind of show they, yeah. it isn't a, yeah. a show that's made up it's actual live real, photos real life or yeah mm-hmm. no I I, I understand what you're saying what my just, little Norwegian mind sees yeah I, I'm just not and I, I would there's no question that oftentimes on traffic stops there are people who are stopped that have are carrying illegal weapons as well as yep. alcohol and drugs there's no question yep. I would submit to you that the vast majority of traffic stops however is like the mom that's driving 20 miles over the speed limit trying to get her kid to school and and or somebody who's texting and driving and blew through a stop sign that would well, be the vast majority of traffic stops. All right. well, Probably. That ends the epistle as far as I'm concerned. Okay. Well, I appreciate the call. Thanks so much. 608-785-7914. We did have a listener on the Better Hearing Center talk and text line uh, sending something about how marijuana is addictive. For some people, marijuana is addictive. For some people, alcohol is addictive. For almost everyone, nicotine is addictive. Let me just, I will acknowledge that. What Leah Vukmir said was that marijuana is way more addictive than meth and Vicodin. Now, I don't know about Vicodin. And again, that's like a sometimes people get it and can't get off it. Sometimes they can't. I have a lot of friends who have smoked marijuana in their lives. This is only, this is, I am absolutely truthfully being anecdotal. And at one point stopped and then occasionally do it again. I am certain that there are people who are addicted. But you are addicted to meth the very first time. Once you hit meth, you you don't it ever you never leaves you. So all my pointing at Leah Vukmir's wrong on that. <laughs> and um yeah, meth is meth is it, man. That is that's a, that's that's the stuff that it's that's addictive addictive. Um Dave on the Better Hearing Center talk and text line says police shows only show interesting calls. Yeah, otherwise it wouldn't be fun to watch. Absolutely. Yeah, you got to get the guy who's fighting back or who's running or who's half naked or mostly drunk or um, tears his shirt off or says silly stuff or flops around on the ground or any of that stuff. Most of the people that police have interaction with, at least in our neck of the woods, not everywhere, most people police have interaction with aren't those people, at least on traffic stops. Not on you know domestic calls, but on traffic stops. I like this uh, question from a listener. Don't cops have a marijuana pocket on their utility belt so they can get a probable cause? <laughs> if, in fact, rumor on the street is that lacrosse assistant police chief Rob Abraham is supposed to be in the studio with us tomorrow. I haven't heard from him, so I don't know. He's usually confirmed by now. But when he gets there, we hopefully some caller will call up and ask him about the, the marijuana pocket that police have on their utility belts. 
Oh, my gosh. If marijuana isn't addictive, says this listener, if marijuana isn't addictive, why are so many people wishing to make it legal when it is so readily available? I can't believe I got to answer that question. If it's illegal, then you face criminal penalties for possessing it. <laughs> what are you even talking about? What? Um, Jeez. By the way, uh, Rick suggesting that uh, Leah Vukmir may have been high when she answered that question. Listener says uh, might, that might have been the funniest color commentary I've heard Rick add. So congratulations, Rick. And Sam says, I would take the word of a nurse regarding drugs rather than a career politician. I bet marijuana is more abused than opiates. Marijuana is more used than opiates. No question. It is absolutely. I mean, we we can go, we can talk about the opiate issue and how destructive opiate addiction is. And it is. It is incredibly uh, uh, destructive. And people are dying. Nobody's dying smoking pot. I mean, some are. Very few. But... All kinds of people die, and 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 uh, um, yeah, that's why that's why there's Narcan on police belts. But it is definitely more used than the opiates. More abused, uh, maybe. If it's more used, there's probably more abuse. There's a lot of people walking around in a constant haze. No question about it. Um, yeah, she and then we have a listener suggestion. She maybe she misquoted some information. I would agree with that. It's possible she just made a mistake. I would agree with that. Lacrosse Talk PM and Wisdom. I'm Mitch Reynolds. I'm Mitch Reynolds. Lacrosse Talk PM and WYZM. Thanks for riding along here this afternoon and this evening. Thanks for all your input. Really appreciate Onalaska Superintendent Fran Finko joining us for a little while in the first hour to talk about the Onalaska referendum coming up on November 6th. You can find out more information on the school's website. Check out our podcast later for the rest, for that interview. Thanks and my love to Anna for Rick Solom. I'm Mitch Reynolds. We'll talk tomorrow right here on WYZM.